Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Mud Her, rewriting the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And I'm so excited, moved, inspired by this episode. I had the privilege of interviewing, having a conversation with Anna Lovend. She's a author committed to empowering women to become creative doers. And she was calling in from, we were connecting. She lives in Sweden. She made a choice to move out of the city into the forests in Sweden. And we got to talk about that, um, but more so this concept of a creative doer and the feminine process that that is. You know, she left her, her life in a renowned publishing world um, in Sweden and made this intentional decision. But I loved our conversation because it underlined so many points that we've talked about on the show around, you know, balancing the masculine and the feminine. And just in the work that she does in her book, uh, Creative Doer, A Brave Woman's Guide from Dreaming to Doing, brings together. And she has a very grounded, solid uh, approach and thoughts on balancing being and doing, you know, creating and doing and raising women's awareness around this. So I loved our conversation and, you know, you're going to hear some things about her and what that is and that journey she's been on, but also how she's supporting other women. I've resonated with it so much. And I say at one point, um, you know, I feel like the perfect podcast guest appears for me at, at a, just the right time in my life. I'm launching and, and just the beginning phases of writing a book. Uh, she had many things to say that are pers- that were personally very helpful to me. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did, but also, you know, take away for yourself. Like, what does it mean to shift out of a masculine perspective of conquering our fear and overriding and, you know, battling with it to embracing to being with and taking small steps rather than feeling like we have to take huge leaps in our life. And, you know, that's 
the win versus all the small steps and all the ways that as women, we bring our creativity forward, or, you know, even for men encompassing and bringing in the feminine aspect to their doing, it's all so valuable and powerful. So can't wait to hear. I hope that you have the chance to uh, listen through, and I would love to have your comments for me on Instagram at, at Dr. Gertrude Lyons, or feel free to go to my website and email me any way that you can let me know like what's resonating with you. I would love and sign up for my newsletter because I would hate for you to miss any of our episodes. I love building this community. So thanks so much. Well, good morning for me, but good afternoon for my guest, Anna, Anna Lovend, who I'm so excited to have on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to just say a few brief things about Anna, and then of course we want her to talk about herself, and we'll have all of the ways you can connect with her, because I'm sure you're going to want to, um, in the show notes, uh, ways that you can find Anna and learn more about her. So Anna Lovin is a feminist author committed to empowering women to become creative doers. I love that. That's so cool. So she had a long career as an editor at a renowned publishing house, um, but made a very intentional decision to move into the forests of Sweden with her two daughters to begin her personal journey toward living a creatively fulfilling life. I love that. And now you're helping other women do that as well. Right, Anna? Yep. That's about it. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say a couple other cool things about you because there's lots, but since 2015, Anna's led more than 700 students through what she calls, and we're going to hear more about her creative doer process and community. She has an ebook, Creative Doer, A Brave Woman's Guide from Dreaming to Doing. She's been featured in publications from the Huffington Post to Positively Positive and many more, and on many, many really cool podcasts. And so I'm very grateful that she's on ours today. So again, thank you so much for being here. So Anna, I know I just said some particulars about you. If you wouldn't mind just going kind of right into you and you know what you're what you're doing kind of what led you to where anywhere you want to start and kind of pick up on and focus on your journey a little bit sure yes this is always a tricky question i think because you could go all the way back you know i know know. (laughs) because everything led here in a way exactly exactly but but work-wise how i ended up where i am today i think it started right you were touching on that I was working uh, in publishing and living in the city and had that like, shiny career going. Uh, and in a way, it was perfect because I'm a writer myself. I love books. I love reading. You know, I love that whole world. But there were aspects of it that just, you know, <laughs> there was an itch. <laughs> There was a longing in me and I couldn't somehow meet that in my current life situation. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't actually even quite sure what it was at that point. I just knew that I wanted to work in a different way. I also wanted to live in a different place, I guess. I didn't want to live in the city anymore. It was something calling me back because I grew up in a rural, rural area And I sort of had that strong connection to nature and that had always been super important for me. Um, I think you can maintain some of that, even if you're living in the city, but there was something in me that that always longed to go home Mm. in that regard. And as for the work, I, I worked with writers, you know, and got them through the whole process from manuscript to published book. Um, but I started noticing as I was working with more and more people that, you know, the process is pretty much the same, regardless of, (laughs) not regardless of who you are, but, but some of the process is always the same. And I I talked to people in other creative disciplines and, and like noticed it, it seems to be the same there as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the creative process seems to be similar. We go through similar stages of 
excitement and fear and procrastination and completion and then the fallow phase and then we go back into creation mode and so on and and I got curious about that part not just you know producing books as fun as that was um but but like that process that we go through that magical thing where you have an idea or a vision and you somehow transform that into physical form or into yeah. something that is real in our that's great there was something about that that drew me in so I started exploring that I started coaching mm. or mentoring uh, creatives and eventually that led to me leaving a fancy career and also the city moving back to where I live now and uh, moved my work online because that was really the only option <laughs> if I wanted to live out here in the middle of nowhere mm. <laughs> so it grew from there. And there were, I mean, that was just the beginning, really. There have been so many different shifts along the way from there as well, because that's 10 years ago now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I've become a mother uh, again since mm. then. And that changed a lot about my work, so much about it. Like becoming a mother helped me see. Mm, I mean, I think before that, I had a lot of focus on uh, how we can shift as individuals to make our work more sustainable and enjoyable and to grow as creative people and so on. But becoming a mother, again, it was the second time and it was, you know, having two kids is quite different from having one. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it really sunk into me how society isn't really built by or for women or for the needs mm -hmm. of women and there is very little support available if you want to step outside of that role that is expected of you and encouraged you know that, that where you are mother in the biological sense and and mm -hmm. that is your priority and the caregiving and caretaking is your priority. Uh, and if you want to be a woman in a different way, there is very little support available, you know? And I do know. Yeah, yeah, I know, you know. <laughs> and our experiences and our needs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's not just that society is built by and for men to a, a big degree, but it's also that our experiences, our stories and our needs as women um, are made invisible mm -hmm. in so many ways and in so many layers in society. And, it, and not just invisible, I think, but also irrelevant. Yeah. Like it's some, something that could be dealt with, but it's not necessary. Uh, I think about like you're, you're in America and in the US and the way that your parenting politics is handled to me that's such a typical example like we're mm -hmm. giving birth to people the people who are about to you know step into and and be be <laughs> this yes. nation and this country and do the work and all of that but that work of birthing and bringing up those people that is somehow completely overlooked it's absolutely yeah. absurd but that's such a typical right. example of that yeah and i see that everywhere and i see that as well in in the field of creative work and i started to look at that more and mm -hmm. that in turn birthed the creative doer it's always been a focus on, on serving women creatives particularly for those reasons i love that and there's so many pieces of what you're saying anna that i think we'll still touch on but want to go into further as you're bringing this up and you've made this big move from corporate uh, to entrepreneur, you know, and serving through coaching and that. Can you tell me a little bit more about the coaching you do and the counsel with women on their creative journey out of, you know, what you're experiencing, what you're sharing here and kind of yeah. what does that look like? Yes. I'm not actually trained as a coach. So I usually refer to myself as a mentor or teacher okay. or anything like that, sure. but, but I suppose it is coaching in, in a sense. What it is, is I have like a, a solid feminist perspective on this work. 
So the creative doer is, as the name might imply, it is a practical process mm. of going from just dreaming and hoping and longing to do that thing that is calling you to actually doing it and, and, and like helping you understand the path from there, here to there. So there's definitely that. But then there's also this oh, shift in perspective, I think, that is equally important where we you know, put those glasses on where we can see that all, you know, being a woman or raised or socialized as a woman, that comes with certain consequences living in a patriarchal world. Mm -hmm. um, I, I touched upon them just now when I said that our experiences and our needs and so on are made relevant and invisible. And that is true even, like, if you look at the books we read, the films that are being made, the stories that are being told. If you read a history book, I mean, whose, whose stories do you find in there? It's not our voices as women. And that is changing slowly, but that is still the case, very much so. Like if you go into a museum, whose art is on the walls? Uh, it's still overwhelmingly male voices and stories and experiences that we are taught to consider as universal, as normal. And we sort of compare ourselves to that, not always aware that we're comparing ourselves to something that is not even available to us. Like the path of a male creative will look differently, they will look different from the path of a female creative, simply because of the society that we live in. Uh, and being aware of that is really important because otherwise we are going to compare ourselves and, and we are going to make it our fault. We're going to make it a shortcoming on our part that we can't do that. Like all these, I mean, there are so many examples, but, but this whole idea that creative work is done in solitude, you know, you, you disappear into a, a cottage in the water in the woods like for six months and then you emerge with a novel and who can do that if you have kids for instance right. or caretaking responsibilities that that's not a path that is available to you um, and and to see that and to understand okay so if that story if that sort of the image and ideal that we have of a creative person, if that is sort of modeled on a male and that is not relevant for me, okay, what is? Like what, right. what would be a better way to approach this for me? And not because I necessarily think that there is, uh, that there is this essential difference between men and women. I don't even know if, if that's the case. I'm not sure <laughs> that it is, but that doesn't matter. Just the fact that we are men and women we are divided in that way and we live in a society where where that means very different things no, for that good. reason alone you need to sort of become aware of it so that we can create a path that is possible for us so if we can't have these like big stretches of time because we have kids right. at home maybe we have to learn to create in 15 minute spurts instead you know and and build from there Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies, 
I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. No, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, no, I, I'm sorry because I was excited about a couple of things that you were saying <laughs> and I don't even know if I can go back there. Um, you're bringing up, I think, such important points about, you know, how... I'm going to say it, you know, kind of from my framework of, you know, as women, because we're in a culture, a patriarchal culture, we think we're supposed to produce, do, you know, like a man in a masculine way. And I'm going to maybe refer to more as masculine, feminine qualities and, you know, some differences in that way, because I really believe, you know, both are important and powerful. It's not one better than the other. It's just we're out of balance. And I think you're you know, bringing up such an important aspect of that, which is how do we, if we're looking at the models and the models are out there are all from this masculine framework and I'm trying to, to live up to that. I'll never, I'll never meet it. You know, I'll never meet that because I'm not supposed to. Right. And, and I'm trying to be something I'm not, or do something in a way that's not maybe as natural or as kind of as natural as, as, as wired in. So uh, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, just even from the practical standpoint of for me to really be in my creative process, it's not going to look like the going off to it in the woods and having a big chunk of time because as women, we're always mothering more than one thing, right? And if yeah. I'm if I'm going to be conceiving and creating a book, for example, then you know I'm not going to be doing that in solitude alone. You know, other things are going to be going on in my life. And not to say someone can't set that up in some way, but particularly not if you already have children, <laughs> you know, unless you're going to send them away for six months, which you know. Right. <laughs> There's lots of options. We're not really talking about those options um, is, you know, it's okay to, to do it differently. I think where I was particularly resonating with is it's that awareness. And that's something I, you know, work with women in, in rewriting the mother code is, is raising our awareness. It's like, oh, you're not going to mother even, you know, mother anything in your life and your children or a book from a masculine perspective. And it's not an assembly line. It's not a like, finish a product, build a child, you know, build them to your liking. It's, it's, it's just not that. So, um, but we need to become aware of that. And then we have choices. And I think, you know, that's what you're really bringing to light is without that awareness. And I don't have the choice to do it differently because I was just driving myself crazy trying to do it some other way. So um, I think that's really beautiful. And I wanted to hear, because I know there's a way you help and support women to bring that out and raise their awareness. And as part of that, because I think there's something that you do that's really beautiful, which is really highlight the unique nuances in a woman and her creative process. And that's kind of what we're talking about. But um, I'd love to have you say a bit more about that. And it's kind of related to like the power women have in their creativity that's different, yes. you know, but but not as, as highlighted. So yeah, if you keep explaining, Founding on that. Yes, yes, yes. And and this is, I mean, we are so inherently creative 
And sometimes that is expressed as actually creating life in our bodies and giving birth to it. That is like the utmost creative act, I think. And um, that process, like we were touching on before, that can be translated into so many different things. Birthing a book, nourishing your work in the world in, in different ways so that, that it sort of that mothering reaches out and our embrace sort of is, is made available in, in sure. so many different ways. And that, I think that's also part of the recognition where creative work is seen sort of as either professional or that fiddling that, that we do in the home sphere, so to speak, so to speak, like when we, which is the sphere that has historically been the only one available for women you know mm -hmm. and we've expressed creativity in that sphere like creating a beautiful home bringing up children or mothering in different ways creating food creating nourishment and and uh, all those things and that is not fully recognized as creative work because it's not professionalized and we have sort of made a division there which i think is ah uh, is is part of the patriarchal and also capitalist conditioning, like we separate those two mm -hmm. things. And only if you make money from your work is it worthy like yes. being recognized as real creative work, real artistry and so on. So I think there too, we need to start with that recognition. And then from there, we can, we can sort of, when we recognize all the ways that we are already creative in the thousand small ways, like that we live our lives and create our homes and be with the people in our lives and so on, then it's so much easier to take the next step into a more focused creative endeavor. Then when we don't feel like, okay, here I am, and then over there is the creative life and how you're supposed to do that. And there's this huge gap between, you know, sort of, trying to narrow that gap and point to the fact that, no, we're already creative. All of us mm -hmm. were already doing that work. And now we just need to, if you're going to write a book, for instance, you just need to sort of focus that energy and that capacity mm -hmm. uh, towards this one project and, and find the space and the time necessary, even if it's in 15 minute bursts and then understand how you can move through the process, not without resistance, because I don't think that's possible. Friction is sort of part of bringing something from idea into form, mm -hmm. but with a lot less resistance than the ways that we've um, learned to think of it, perhaps. One good example, I think, is um, the narrative around fear. Mm. Yeah, say more and about how that. we're often encouraged to, you know, overcome our fear, push through the fear, win over our fear, all that kind of almost like warlike language, mm -hmm. very, I suppose, masculine in your language in the sense that it's focusing on like willpower mm -hmm. and uh uh, an idea that we overcome those weaker parts of ourselves and then we can sort of charge forward, which is not my experience at all. I don't think that's true in any way. Fear, when we fight our fear, we're not really fighting our fear. We're fighting frightened parts of ourselves. We're fighting mm. ourselves. And that's never a good idea. Mm -mm. So what I teach is, is a different perspective on it. <laughs> What is this fear about? Is it about, you know, in this culture of just do it, take the leap, you know, <laughs> do the thing, yeah. all in, go big. <laughs> Maybe that message isn't really where we start. Maybe if you try to take the leap from scratch, you're going to freeze up with fear. Mm -hmm. And some aspect of you is going to dig her heels in and refuse to move forward and all the work that you try to do from that from that place is going to be so heavy 
It's going to be so slow and so cumbersome. Right. It's going to be so much striving and struggle in that process. Whereas if you actually listen to that fear, okay, some part of me is frightened here. My nervous system is activated. What, what's this about? And then, okay, I'm moving a bit too fast here. Okay, what do I need to feel safe enough to move forward from this point? Mm. That's a really important question. What do I need to feel safe enough to move forward? Okay, so I need slower, a slower pace perhaps, or I need smaller steps. I don't want that big leap. I want one small step after the other so that I can sort of move forward and feel safe all the way. Okay, let's do that. We can do that. And then we move forward like that instead. Sort of mm. move along at a pace that is doable and, and possible to handle, even for the frightened parts of us. And so that all of us are moving forward. So that we're not sort of fighting ourselves along the way. And it might look at a first glance as if we're we're gonna go, we're gonna reach the goal. It's going to take us so much longer, you know, to reach the goal. But my experience is that it's the absolute opposite. When we sort of take those big leaps and we activate all that fear response in ourselves, and then we back away all the way back, you know, because that fear is unmanageable. And then we have to start from scratch again. And it's sort of a back and forward motion. Whereas if we take that slower route or that kinder route, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there one step after the other might not look as, you know, cool and, and dramatic, but, but it's going <laughs> right. to do the job. You know, we're going to yes. get the book written yes. instead of curling up in a ball because we're, we're too frightened to move forward. Oh, I, and I love what you're saying and I want to keep building on it, but I want to underline a couple things that I'm getting as you're talking, because First of all, I just love doing podcasts because I always feel like just the perfect guest shows up in my life uh, for for me, right? It's like, oh, I'm doing, yeah, you know, it's not random and and nothing is, right? But you're, um, well, because first of all, I am just at the beginning of embarking on writing a book. So Whoa. there's just <laughs> that exact thing happening and and just what you're saying, right? I, I do have a lot of fear. Um, because you know it's such a big project. I mean, I mm -hmm. yes, I I wrote a dissertation. It's a very different process. You know, I'm very aware of that. But first of all, I want to I want to go back and underline because I've felt this way before. But the way you're articulating it is is has a lot of meaning for me around. And I've been trying to shift my language that is has more of a masculine tone to it, like conquer your fear and overcome your fear yeah. and you know, and push through it. And at times that's useful language, but as you were talking, I'm thinking, no, for me, it's more about embrace my fear, right. And fold it, friend it, you know, get in relationship with it because it has a lot to tell me, you know, there's wisdom in my fear. It isn't something. And, you know, when I work with people and we work on our emotions and when I tell them there's five main emotions, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. And most people are like, why is there only one good one? You know, but that's what we're talking about, right? It's they're all, they all have value. They're all important. Yeah. So there's that piece. And then there's the, this kind of grandiose or dramatic way we think we're supposed to, to do something, you know, heroic, you know, but it is one step at a time and it is, you know, break of had to learn to break things into pieces and, mm. uh, and, but then celebrate. And, you know, I think a way to embrace my fear is, is, you know, I'm with it. And then when I do accomplish a step, um, that the only win isn't when it, that book is written and published and, you know, what, when it, when do you celebrate right No, you have to celebrate each and every one of those steps. And I think yeah. that is, um, something you're reminding me of. I know you didn't use those words exactly, but I, I think that's a way of embracing our fear and befriending it as well. It's like, yep, we're in this together. And thank you for pointing out like places that, you know, I might need to, to look closer or, yeah. you know, just be with, you know, to this sense of being with ourselves and being with our feelings. I getting that that's part of the process that you're talking about. And what's funny is because you called creative doer, but that's where I think how I hear that or interpret that is like, 
creative with the doing. Like I will also often say that, and I'm, you know, using this framework of masculine, feminine qualities or values, you know, principles, but as a woman, I have found that I just feel better and it feels more right to me to use the masculine in service of the feminine. I've just, mm. you know, that it has its place, but not as the dominant place in my life. Right. It's yeah. Um, yeah I need a system, you know, I need some structures and those are very helpful. Um, it, in this process, in this birthing, you know, this birthing process that I'm embarking on of a book, but of anything that we're embarking on. So those were the many, just a few of the many thoughts that you're igniting for me. So, um, thank you for that. And I, I want to, um, kind of go into that a little bit around, you know, and you could speak to this personally, maybe first, but how have you seen, or when you said, you know, after your move, you had your second child and, you know, how, how can our creative powers heal and help our mothering journey? Um, and I totally agree with you that our mothering journey is our kids, but it's also everything that we're birthing and creating in our lives. So yes, if you could say more about that. Yes, it's absolutely more than the act of being a mother biologically. I think of it in terms of um, like those archetypes, this, mm. those archetypal transitions that we move through, uh, maiden, mother, and crone. I know you've touched on that before. Yeah. I think that is a super helpful way of looking at the, the journey of a woman's life and how so many of us, so, so many of us, particularly in the West, uh, are stuck in an internal eternal maiden because that's what's encouraged we're supposed to be forever young forever pretty forever um pleasing and preferably harmless and you know appealing in in every way and that's what we are taught to strive for and we continue to strive for it even as we have passed that phase in our lives and it takes on sometimes ridiculous forms and tragic forms as well mm-hmm. and it leaves us with like generations of women who never really fully grow up mm-hmm. never really fully grow into their power because the transition into mother is one such transition where you step into a new uh, level of capacity of caretaking of of mothering not just your own children but but the world and the work Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to birth here and then the next step into crone which is a very long process like i'm 44 now and i've just entered perimenopause which is a process that could last up to 10 years sometimes um so i'm sort of transitioning i'm not quite there yet but i'm transitioning out of mother and into that face beyond mothering. And I'm feeling like this, my personal experience is that my power is only increasing. Mm-hmm. My creative power, which we are, like, like we're sort of taught to think that a woman's, a woman sort of peaks when she gives birth to children and then her, she's not really, we, we don't have a place for her anymore. She's mm-hmm. not really... She's superfluous to our society, which is absurd. It's so absurd. I know. We come into our power. And I noticed this so much in relation to our creative work that something happens when we step into mother for sure. But then something Mm. more happens when Mm. we step into the next transition where we sort of run out of fucks to give and we don't necessarily have little children that claim our Mm -hmm. time and our space anymore. So we actually do have more space to create. I don't know if we can still run off to that cottage, you know, for six months, but there is more space and we have Mm -hmm. a possibility there to start channeling that increasing power if we learn how to wield it we can channel it into new work that has like a whole new level of impact and that work is like that's 
all, all but gone from our world world today, especially the culture that we live in. Yeah. We almost don't have any female elders anymore. A few. Oh, and, and they are like shining like beacons, but they are so few. Yeah. And most most of us live without and we don't transition into it ourselves either. But but that's that's where the magic happens, as I see it. I mean, we can create so much beauty, even in maiden and in mother yeah. for sure. But then, oh my God, the things that it's are unleashed when we grow yeah. older. Oh, that's well, yeah. I'm just starting to explore that. No, it's exciting, and I know you mentioned before we were live that you listened to my my uh, podcast on menopause because yes, I'm so grateful to have raise my awareness or that I have people around me that could show me the possibility that it doesn't have to be how our culture is. And there, as you said, there aren't many models out there, but that's why I'm so grateful for the work you're doing and, and the importance of any way and any, anyone we can touch to say, okay, well, you can follow that, that way, that old (laughs) way that doesn't work and hide yourself away or think Mm. you're of no use anymore, or, you know, you can really step in to this power that has been building, right? Like I think yeah. what, what you were mentioning was, yes, there's beautiful things, of course, in the maiden phase and then the mother phase, but toward what end, right? And I, I come across that a lot in women I coach that when they, their children are grown and whatnot, like, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I, who am I, mm-hmm. you know, and just really, mm-hmm. I mean, I love, it, that any of them start asking that question, but so many just think they're, you know, I don't know, retire, hang out, you know, or just hide away because they're not as beautiful or, you yeah. know, as, as whatnot. So shifting this is, I think what our planet needs, you know, what we, what we all need is to bring this, you know, elder wisdom and power to the forefront. Do you have any suggestions, you know, for, for women or, you know, I, I, I don't want to turn this all into a how-to, but um, you know, a, a couple suggestions that we can offer our audience and, and share with the the listeners on, you know, their creative journey and fulfilling their creative dreams wherever they're at, you know, wherever yeah. they're listening from. Yes, um, the first advice is always that there is work to do right now and that we do not need to wait for better circumstances or longer stretches of time or more money sure. or whatever. That there is a way to heed. If you have that call, and I'm guessing that most of the people who listen to your podcast and, and follow your work, they do have that longing inside. They feel that call mm-hmm. to... Uh, to do work that is theirs and theirs only to do. They have some expression and to share with the rest of us. And if, if that is there, then you can answer it right away. There is mm. no need for waiting any longer. Like you can start mm. right now. We do not need to compare ourselves to any idea of of the creative journey that requires you to step outside of your current life. We look at your life right now and we find those five minutes or 15 minutes and we start there and and then you sort of kindle that fire and you don't need to build it into a bonfire right away. It can just be this tiny little fire in your heart and you come back to it and you put on some more firewood regularly so that it doesn't die out. Mm-hmm. And you can keep that fire going. And, and, and from that energy, like you can build things, big things, even, even from that, those limited resources. Mm. We can build big things. And it's really only a matter of, first of all, recognizing that I can start right now. Mm-hmm. And, and second of all, understanding what this process is like creating something moving something from idea to form like i said in the very beginning it follows a certain structure it follows a certain flow through a certain uh through certain steps and understanding and learning about that process will help immensely because then Mm. when you come to that phase 
where you think everything you've done is crap and you might as well give up, then you'll know that that is a face. In fact, it's right. not truth. <laughs> it is not a sign <laughs> that you should give up or stop or anything like that. But, mm. but so, so learn about it, learn about the process. And then the, the third and perhaps most important thing is, is find support in that process. Mm. Don't do this alone. We were never meant to do this alone. That whole individualistic uh, self-made man thing, it's, it's bullshit. We, we create in community. We draw from each other's strengths and from each other's idea and from each other's work. And we, we um, create magic from there. And it's, it's not the solar race that we've been taught to think of it as, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a getting the right support. And that doesn't have to be paid support. It could be, but it doesn't have so to be. Is. It could be some like-minded minded friends, just a writer's circle, you know, anything like that. But find the people who believe in you, of course, and believe in mm -hmm. themselves and believe that this is necessary and important to do, that this is worthwhile, even though it steals some time away from, you know, the rest of your life, it's, it's worthwhile yeah. and, and uh, stick with it because we will always doubt ourselves. You know, we will always come to that place when it feels like it's too heavy or too difficult or too scary or whatever. And it's then we need, you know, to be able to call on the support of others to get us mm -hmm. through those Ah, tricky patches. So wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm listening personally to what you're outlining. Um, I think it's very powerful and profound, and you know, particularly um, that we don't have to do it alone, right? We'll raise our awareness, but also the, you know, what I'm hearing and need to hear today is start now, and you know, it could be five minutes, it could be fifteen minutes, yeah. but you know, turning my attention toward toward that, toward that piece of creativity in my day. And I think that is, you know, so beautiful and, and feminine. I don't need, always need blocks of time. I can carve out blocks of time, you know, and do that too. That's important, but I can't wait for the perfect circumstance, but I can no. create these moments, you know, and really value them. And it, for me, um, also underlining, and it's a nice kind of way to look at mothering ourselves, you know, and that's yes. a big piece of what I, you know, want to support women in is in their mothering that it's also, you know, what aspect of it is tending to ourselves and mothering ourselves. And I think you're outlining that really beautifully too. Um, well, I, I'm sure there are going to be people who want to hear more and more and know more about you. Where can my listeners find you online? The first place is my website which is simply annalovin.com. Mm -hmm. And there you'll find lots of writing on this topic. You'll find the book. It's available as an ebook on my site, but you can also get it as a print book via Amazon or whatever your online uh, mm -hmm. bookseller is. And uh, Great. there are also plenty of free resources on that page that you can seek out and and use as a help to get started if you're Wonderful. if you're in that place of sort of not really getting getting into the doing mm -hmm. and then also I am intermittently on Instagram that is my okay. social media of choice so you can find me there under my name mm -hmm. and I'll be happy to say hi to you yeah. well that sounds great and you have uh you know beautiful things in both places so i have one last question this i ask all my guests at the at the end of the show what does rewrite the mother code mean to you well, it's actually two questions in one so what does rewrite the mother code mean to you and what's one way you're going to mother yourself either today or this week sometime rewrite the mother code i love that language I think to me, it involves all the things that we've been talking about today, but particularly broadening the idea of what mothering is and what birthing and caretaking mm. can be um, in, in terms of creative work, which is my area, that it can be birthing our work, birthing our voices and our stories and um, that particular thing that only we can express. I think that is, for me, the most important aspect. Yeah, 
rewriting it. That's good. Yeah. Rewriting it, shifting our perspective on what what that mm-hmm. means. Oh, and today, today or this I think week? like yeah, yeah. No, today actually, because I find I get like the the deepest sense of nourishment and mothering from when I am in nature and in the wild. And I'm lucky in that regard that I live just on the threshold of, of some vast wild nature. Um, and I'm gonna, actually, it's the full moon now when we are recording this. So yeah. I'm gonna go out in the forest this evening when it's really dark except that it's snow on the ground and it's a full moon in the air and that creates Mm -hmm. a very magical particular kind of light so i'm gonna be out there walking in nature and just reveling in the moon and the earth and to me that feels like being mothered oh that sounds beautiful i felt like i just was transported there with you and yeah as i'm looking at the moon well, we won't be looking at the same time because you'll be looking at it. But either way, we're looking at the same moon. And I, yes. I love that way of when I think about, and I do that at every full moon as I imagine women all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. honoring and being with the moon in whatever way, you know, is nourishing for them, but that we're all part of that and all connected. And that's, I'm super grateful to have this time to connect with you today, Anna, yes. and everything that you were you know, we, we birthed a conversation, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been very nourishing for me. So anything I do beyond this and mothering myself today is going to be a bonus because uh, yes. <laughs> I love when, when my work <laughs> is you. mothering and I love the way you're working and articulating and thank you so much. And I can't wait to see what more, you know, you bring forth in your sphere and in the world. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a deeply nourishing conversation. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.